Welcome back to Mike and Maurice's Mind Escape. Let us help you escape your mind. Welcome to, back to Mike and Maurice's Mind Escape. Uh, we have episode number 196 tonight. Uh, sorry if you were watching the previous episode that we were just in progress doing. We had a poltergeist in the uh, connection and it kind of just wiped everything out. I don't know, it was very bizarre. But uh, So yeah, we're going to do episode 196 tonight. We have Soraya from Where Did the Road Go? And we're going to be discussing poltergeist and UAP and paranormal stuff and all sorts of cool stuff but uh before we get started head on over to patreon.com slash mind escape podcast for just two dollars a month you'll get exclusive guest episodes and segments uh we're gonna do one with soraya and um maybe i'll throw on the beginning part of the episode we just did uh onto the patreon as well but uh so yeah head on over there for just two dollars a month it's a whole nother catalog of all you know, a lot of the guests that we've had on, there's segments and episodes with them on there, so check that out. And we're also on Discord, so come chat with us on Discord. Also head on over to indrasweb.org. It is live. This is a social media platform that we created to connect open minds. So whether you're talking about UAPs, UFOs, you're talking about uh, theories of everything, or whatever the case may be, everything that we discuss on the show, it's the perfect uh, platform for that. And without further ado, welcome back on the show, Soraya. Hey, thanks for having me back again. <laughs> thanks for joining us again. <laughs> for the second time in just a little bit. Yeah. Um, so I feel like this is deja vu. It <laughs> is. I don't want to repeat. I mean, if anybody was listening live, I don't want to repeat what we were just talking about. So like I said, I'll throw it up on the Patreon, yeah. uh, all the UFO, UAP stuff. But uh I mean, a lot of it's just rehashing stuff that we already know about each other and stuff anyways. There wasn't anything, I don't think, truly groundbreaking in there, but uh, let's see here. Okay, so let's let's talk about poltergeist. This is something that I don't really know too much about. I did research some stuff earlier on it. Um, I'm not a big, you know, paranormal in the sense of, like, ghosts and cryptids and all that kind of stuff. You know, I find some of it interesting, but... Um, the poltergeist thing I know you are particularly a fan of. Um, and we discussed it a little bit when I was on your show not that long ago. Uh, but it means loud ghost or loud spirit in German, I believe. Yeah, something like that noisy spirit or yeah. something. So why don't you give us a little bit of a rundown on like the basics here? Well, I mean, the traditional version of a poltergeist is a, is a spirit who's throwing things around the house, making things happen. Uh, as parapsychology evolved, they started realizing a lot of times it was focused on a particular person. Mm. Uh, oftentimes, but not always, a, a prepubescent girl. Mm. And uh, that's kind of where parapsychology kind of leaves it. Like, th this is what a poltergeist is. But when you look at all this stuff, people who have had UFO encounters, especially if they, if they feel they've been abducted, um, people who have... Uh, near-death experiences, people who have uh, any, anything really in this, in this spectrum of weirdness happen to them, uh, people who have Bigfoot encounters will often have poltergeist activity around it. 
which if this is like a noisy ghost, that doesn't make any sense. Hmm. But if this is the, the parapsychological idea is that it's coming from us, that the paras, the, the, the poltergeist is a manifest manifestation of PK energy. Now in laboratory experiments, we know there is something to PK energy. There's been enough replicable peer reviewed uh, research done on this to the point where even the skeptics acknowledge that there's something to it, but they're still not going to accept it because they're not really all that interested in science when it comes down to it. They're interested in their perception of what's out there, right. uh, their version of materialism. So what interests me about poltergeist is the fact that it does seem to go through everything. You know, if you look at the Mothman stuff, you had a monster sighting, you had UFO sightings, you had men in black, and you had tons of poltergeist activity. Mm-hmm. If you, you know, any any of this stuff you look at, you see poltergeists. Uh, one, one of the things that, uh, which I didn't even realize, it, it kind of set both Joshua Kutchin and Timothy Renner down the path that led them to writing the Where the Footprints Ends books, was me pointing out that when pe- people go out to the woods hunting Bigfoot, and they, you know, you You'll, they'll get rocks thrown at them. They'll hear vocalizations and all this other stuff. They almost never see a creature. But all that stuff would simply be a ghost if you were in a house. It would just be a poltergeist. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and Josh was like, oh, we can call it the wilderness poltergeist. Because that's what it is. I mean, that it, it is doing, and people will say, but but it's making a sound like a monkey. And I'm like, right. And if it was a house, it would make a sound. It, it's, it's, fitted, it's fitted to your expectations. And so clearly, uh, clearly, people are drawn to this because I, not to make light of it, but what you just said earlier, you said Mothman, Poltergeist, and Men in Black. Those are three films. So obviously, <laughs> humans are are seriously. No, I'm not, I'm I'm being serious. We're yeah. we're clearly very very intrigued by this 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 phenomenon. Well, but the Poltergeist phenomenon in film is usually an evil spirit. True. Now it's not it's not impossible that a spirit may take PK energy and utilize it. I mean that's not an impossibility. We don't know. We don't know where we end and the other begins. If there is even is if there even is an other. Mm. So my fascination with poltergeist activity is how it it literally goes across all these seemingly completely different fields, and it starts with us. You yeah, know this interesting. Energy, if nothing else, this energy comes from us. If something else is using it, that's that's fine. I mean, look, if you look at the Enfield haunting, which is one of the more famous ones that they did uh, The Conjuring 2 with, which the, uh, oh, what's their name? People that, uh, the two ghost hunters there that the Conjuring movies are about. Yeah, again, I know nothing about the ghost uh, right. community. They, they were kind of charlatans. Ed and Lorraine Warren. Uh, the yeah. Warrens actually had almost nothing to do with the Enfield uh, investigation. But with the Enfield investigation, you had a family who was disrupted. Uh, the father wasn't there. They were having a hard time making ends meet. I think there were two daughters. And then the poltergeist stuff started up. And it's very well documented by the parapsychologists who investigated it. Uh, the Warrens only come into it because at some point Ed Warren came up to one of them and said, you know, if we work this right, we can make a lot of money off of this. Mm. And he told them basically to get lost. 
And somehow that turns into what you see in the in the second Conjuring movie, which is a bunch of nonsense, where they're like the heroes coming in to save this family. And there's even a scene where the the parapsychologist in the movie is like try, making a big deal about all this activity, and Ed Warren's like, "No, this is about the family." And I'm thinking, this is kind of disgusting to me in a way. Because he was the exact opposite in real life. He was all about how they could make money with this stuff. Yeah, it seems to be the case a lot of the times. Prey on a family that's going through some issues. Yeah, yeah. And what they, and so with that case, though, you had an incident where the girl, who was the focus, who was probably generating the poltergeist energy, also started talking as a spirit. And she explained that she was the man who lived in this house before them. He didn't want them there and all this other stuff and how he died in the whole nine yards. None of them knew this. They went to the records you know, of the, the town and found out that everything this girl said was true. So the question becomes, was there a spirit there that was manipulating that energy that was being generated by the girl? Or was this, you know, something she picked up, information from the environment? Right. You know, that she unconsciously translated into, oh, this is a spirit. I mean, again, it's so hard to draw these lines. Like, where does one start and the other begin? Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of, this kind of stuff, like I said, I don't know a ton about it. So I, I'm not going to speak from any sort of position on authority. But just, I mean, looking into it, that's why I gravitate more towards like the UFO, UAP. Because we do have actual evidence. You know, there's data, there's radar stuff, there's... You know, and this kind of stuff, like the ghost stuff, just seems like, I mean, not all of it, but I mean, Maurice is a photographer. You can, there's so many like camera artifacts and like doublings yeah. and things that like people. Well, now like, it's, now it's not even fair. It's, you can't, you can do anything you want. Right. But okay. So, but I'll just say this, that like, I mean, I think there's like an anecdote I read though about Carl Jung talking about, he had like somebody in his family, I think it was like his niece or something um, that split a table using her subconscious he thought like something along those lines and splitting like a knife or something like that things that couldn't have been split and then he was going back and forth with freud on it and freud was saying it's oh it's just something physical that happened the wood was old and it cracked or something like that um so like you do kind of have these competing like where like young was more a little bit more mystical freud was a little bit more pragmatic um and that's kind of how people are divided on these topics well freud also was very against anything that had occult sort of leanings. Right. Um, and he literally said that, you know, we need to utilize this idea of like sexuality and stuff like this as a bulk word against the occult. Right. You know, against the paranormal. Uh, whereas Jung embraced it. I mean, Jung talked to a, a daemon and everything else um, and wrote some really fascinating books on UFOs. And had uh hey, you know, did he talk about the Kabiri, the you know, the uh the Greek daemons? Yeah, yeah, he talked to one. Yeah. He had a daemon that he talked to. Yeah, and I forget his name, but uh Patrick Harper goes into a lot of detail about that in uh demonic reality. So, I mean, when you look at this stuff though, so like I, I did read a little bit of it. When did this start? Like the seventeen or eighteen hundreds, right? It was start of like a um not necessarily this, but these kind of concepts, right? And then it get you know get into the psychical and spiritualist movements and stuff like that. Right, right, right. And and that's I mean they're they're two 
when I'm looking at poltergeist activity, I'm looking at unconscious PK activity. Whether or not it mimics a ghost or whatever, I don't think matters. I think it's all that there's there's in all of this stuff. When people have UFO encounters, uh, you'll often see them complain about poltergeist activity. But a lot of people keep it separate. So unless you ask them, they're not going to mention the poltergeist activity because to them that's not connected to their UFO sighting. Mm. But it's consistent. And uh, Tim Renner, you know, researching Bigfoot stuff, started asking people, what else is happening? Are you seeing any lights? Are you having any poltergeist activity after their, their monster or Bigfoot sighting? And almost every single time they're like, yes. But they weren't connecting the two. Mm. And I think this is the, the one of the common uh, pinpoints with all this stuff. Whatever this has to do with us, one of the common factors is this unconscious PK energy, which we can prove in laboratory settings. What does that, that PK stand for, do you know? Psychokinesis. Yeah. Uh, okay, okay. Well, you have all the tests with, like, the number generators and altering things, and then you have, like, Dean Radin's work and, like, Real right. Magic and, like rupert sheldrick stuff and you have like all these different people that have proven that there is these slight increases when you take consciousness into effect or take consciousness into account you know while focusing right. on these topics and it seems to elevate with emotion and stress uh one of my occasional co-hosts Shirley black who had three near-death experiences uh and did all kinds of laboratory research with some of the biggest names in the field you know, if she even gets slightly upset, electronics around her start going crazy. Mm. You know, I mean, she's had tons of poltergeist stuff happen to her. In fact, for a, parts of her life, she tried to get away from even thinking about this stuff because it seems to actually cause it to happen more. Maybe that's what happened to our live stream that we were doing before this. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I mean, it's to me, that's one of the common factors, that poltergeist activity the PK unconscious P, as in unconscious PK energy, not as in ghosts, is part of what is connecting all of these disparate phenomena. And we're the connection point. I'm not saying that like ghosts and UFOs are the same thing, but there's a there's a lot of overlapping stuff, and all that overlapping stuff is from us. Mm -hmm. So someone experiencing a UFO and maybe a cryptid encounter, it may be a different version of the same thing. Uh, or it may be using the same process, like these things aren't normally here for us to interact with. Like, it's entirely possible there's a large undiscovered primate, say, in some of the really mountainous areas of Canada, the United States. Like Anapithecus? Whatever, whatever. It doesn't It doesn't matter no, what it is. It, there's at least a slim possibility. But when you're looking at New Jersey... Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm out on that. I'm not saying I'm against it. I, like, do your thing. Go searching. Go, you know. I just yeah, I've, we've I've, yeah, we've had a pretty good. Uh, I've seen interview. enough shows, and we had one of our uh, friends from back home on before, and he's big into it, and he records like vocal recordings and stuff like yeah. that. It just, I just, it's not convincing to me. I mean, and have you seen the new Bigfoot documentary, which isn't even entirely about Bigfoot on Hulu? No, I've I've had a few people tell me to watch it. It's pretty good. It's a, it turns into like a murder mystery, and then has right. a lot to do with like growing and Mendocino, you know, Mendocino County and all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of interesting stuff in that documentary. But it starts off with this like Bigfoot tale, and this guy goes on this like quest to figure out what was actually happening. And um, you know, they interview the guys from the Gimlin uh, videos and. The one guy admits that the, the guy's neighbor, the main guy's neighbor is like, yeah, I was in the suit, you know. 
which which I have major issues with. I mean, when you look at that film, I mean, okay, this came out around the same time as the Planet of the Apes did. So here you have the the top money in Hollywood creating a movie and the apes don't look anywhere near as good as that one quick Bigfoot film does. Right. Yeah, I see people online showing that like, oh, look, this is this muscle. There's no way it could, that could show through, yeah. right. you know, a suit or something like that. I guess Did but that my, guy admit that he made it, though? But there is the guy in the video that is like, I'm this guy's neighbor. They asked me to be in the suit and I was in the suit pretty much. But no one has ever produced a suit and anyone can say that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I just I'm not a big I'm not against it. I've I've seen the shows. Trust me, I've not. But what's not the low? What would be the point of lying? Wouldn't you want to go with it? Like if it, if Michael saw a Bigfoot and it was real, I would be like, yeah, this is all real, you know. I did. It was in my shoe. <laughs> <laughs> a real hairy knuckle. <laughs> well, no, because if it's his neighbor, he's not getting any attention until he says he's in the in the suit. Yeah. Again, I mean, it's just one of those. Yeah, I I, so. I'm open if you show me some Bigfoot bones or you know, like sure, those gigantic, exactly. gigantopithecus tooth from a apothecary or you know, some crazy thing like that. I guess what my deduction would be, and I've heard other people talk about this. Obviously, this is not some groundbreaking thing, but uh, that it's like some epigenetic memory. Like we're used, we at some point we were used to living a, uh, along these twelve to fourteen foot primates, and then it's somehow inherently ingrained into our DNA. So you get these flashes of these things happening, right? Well, I, I would think that people, if people who are, okay. So like one of the things, like I said, Tim would ask people when they're giving him his, you know, their Bigfoot encounters, well, anything else weird happen? They'd be like, well, afterwards I had a bunch of poltergeist activity in the house. Well, what would that have to do with, with a, with an actual flood flesh and blood creature? Right. Like, that makes no sense whatsoever. Or they'll say, well, there were a lot of weird lights in that same area that I saw the creature, which to me says this wasn't a typical creature. I don't think most of these locations could possibly, you know, uh, keep a creature like that alive, a breeding group of this of these creatures alive, especially without us noticing, without us having very hard evidence of it. Well, the yeah. guy we had on was, was very convinced that this thing was living... Uh... Right outside of Detroit or down river. Yeah. It wasn't even in the wood. It wasn't even very wooded. It wasn't like it was in the, the the great northwest woods of Oregon, you know? Yeah. I mean, so I I leave the door open that these things may exist in certain areas of the planet, like, you know, the, the Himalayas, you know, where they have Yeti sightings and things like that. There could be an undiscovered primate. There's enough space and enough area that it could continue to be undiscovered. But so many of these, I mean, you get these monster sightings everywhere. Well, there are some that could be true, though. Like there was the, the Tasmanian tiger that went extinct right. like 100, 150 years ago. There's people, there's some real biologist that thinks that it's out there and he's seen it. I've seen this guy talking about it and stuff. So Right, and that's why I leave that door open. However, I think the majority of these things are something else. And I think it is, again, it's like the UFO phenomena. I think it's a very personal thing. I don't think, you know... I think we interact with the other in different ways. And maybe it's just our predisposition. Maybe it's the, the sort of set and setting. Um, so much of this stuff is connected to light phenomena. Mm -hmm. And I've been saying forever, like, if you see a light, a weird light in a house, it's a ghost. But if you see a weird light in the sky, now it's an alien. 
You know, if you see right. a weird light in the woods, now it's, you know, a will-o'-wisp or a, or a Bigfoot or a monster of some sort. And it's like, no, what we're seeing is lights. Let's start with that. And why are lights the most consistent element of all these different encounters? Yeah, now that you say it, the guy we had on actually was talking about seeing eyes and the glowing of the eyes. Yep. So if I, you see lights in the woods, they're Bigfoot. What about Instantly. what about the mind though? Because I always go to back to the mind. The mind is so powerful. Like there's a thing that you're in the basement as a kid and you turn off the light and you like run up the stairs and you feel like something's chasing you. Yeah, like the you, dragon's mouth. You you genuinely feel like something's there. There's a presence there. Or sometimes when I'm alone and like my, my wife's out of town or something and I'll turn off the lights, I'll see some weird stuff around some corners. You know, maybe I just smoked a little and I'm a little getting a little yeah, spacey. You might be on mushrooms, yeah, bro. But. <laughs> You know, maybe that's the case, but at the end of the day, it's like um, I do know that the mind's very powerful, and you can get into those mindsets too, where like you get in like that fear mode, where it's almost like anything's possible in like a negative way. You know? Yep. Yep. Well, and, we know and- that fear can slow down time. Of you know, we talked about people hitting deer and how the dilution of time can 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 slow down and stuff like that. So what's to say that your perception of any of other things won't change? Oh, absolutely. I mean, time is not a a set thing as much as it seems like it is from our clocks and stuff like that. Our perception of time is very, very, um, uh, very fluid. And and it's very possible that what we're perceiving as time, I I always liked how uh, Jane Roberts Seth put it, time passes at the rate that your brain can process what's going on around it. Mm, That's good. And I'm like, okay, you know, there's, you can go back and forth on whether, you know, that channeled material was legit or not. Uh, she didn't necessarily know if it was legit or not, only that she wasn't making it up. Uh, but there are some really interesting things that came out of that material that are just absolutely brilliant. And I thought that was one of them because it kind of treats the brain like, like a processor. So, you yeah. know, when your processing speed is up, time moves faster that's why when you're busy or you know having a lot of fun time just zips by but when you're bored staring at the clock time seems to just crawl yeah i mean well you have the fabric of space and time right but then you have like maurice said you know we know time dilation is real through the atomic you know atomic clock experiment where they drop two clocks at different altitudes and the more gravity there is the more time slows down right right so i mean when you think about it like that, then you have like then you take into perception, which means that we can alter time through our senses. It happens, you know, like he said, like you're uh, swerving around a deer and everything stops and your heart's pounding and your adrenaline's cranking. And, right, right. Um, or you've just, you've just overclocked your processor. Right. Or it's a near death experience or something like that, you know. And um, yeah, I mean, I think that that's the weird thing about time, right? Is like there's this actual thing that's built into the universe, but then you also have like an internal version of that, and that can be altered through our perceptions. And, and when we look at various ex- weird experiences, these things, this other seems to exist outside of that time, time level, you know, time scope. Mm. You know, when you get, uh, you know, UFO encounters and stuff like that, where they know things that, didn't happen you know like like they seem to be slightly off our time scale uh what's what's the way uh keel would have said it i can't remember what he would what he would say and of course the men in black encounters the same thing they always seem to be slightly out of time yeah 
You know, never never quite where you expect them to be. And slightly weird, too, right? There's always, like, a little quirky things wrong with them that he was picking up on. That I was like, oh, this person's... And then, of course, you got to wonder how much is that the government using that and actually, you know, looking at government agents pretending to be men in black. Yeah, and you say government and they shut your podcast down. <laughs>